What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape. Good morning and good afternoon. This is Aaron Strout, host of the What to Know podcast and CMO of W2O. And today I have a special edition of the What to Know with uh, two colleagues, one not so new and one very new. We have Tom Richards, who's the newest of the bunch, uh, and Frank Mazzola, who has been around now, I guess, for probably eight months or seven months. Uh, so welcome to you both and, and excited to have you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. Both of them are our global co-chief uh, creative officers at 21 Grams, which is a W2O company. And we'll get into a little bit of how that works in a minute. But I do want to jump in and, and start the show the way I normally do, which is I love to find out a little bit about how you got here, right? And both of you guys are uh, creative dudes. Uh, I'm sure you knew early days that you probably had skills that were different than the average bear. Tom, why don't we start with you and talk about, you know, how did you end up heading down this creative path that took you now to being part of 21 Grams? I was, um, I was brought up in the hills of Wales, a farmer's son. Um, and obviously the job prospects were to become a farmer or to try something else. I think my parents noticed that I was quite good at drawing cartoons um, of Garfield, believe it or not. And for some reason, I think they went, hang on, let's, there, may be a, there may be a future outside of farming for me. So I ended up um, doing a foundation course in art and design in uh, Carmarthen, where I tried lots of different disciplines. At one point, I thought I saw myself working in fashion, which would have been a, probably a big mistake. Um, but no, I, uh, and then when I, a friend of mine came and did a talk and uh, he worked in advertising, he just got his first job and uh, I really liked the sound of it. So I thought, hang on, this could be the career for me. Um, I then went off to, uh, do my HND in Doncaster an advertising course and, uh, yeah, the rest is history. So I have to make the bad pun that you went from farming to pharma, right? So yeah. <laughs> that's an interesting I'm slightly journey. dyslexic. So the, uh, the cell, the, the spelling is exactly the same. Yeah. No, that, that's a cool story, and actually, it's nice that your parents recognize that because I know not that farmers, you know, don't understand that. But a lot of times, it's sort of a necessity to keep the farming in the family so you can take advantage of all hands on deck. Tom, how about I mean, uh, Frank, how about you? How did you get started? Um, yeah, I think when when I was a kid, I was always kind of drawing and writing, and you, you know, you, you write cards for your mom, and she cries, and you're like, all right, I'm on, I'm onto something. Um, or, you, you know, you draw something and somebody puts it up on a wall. So um, I always was kind of wanted to do something creative. I thought I'd write a novel or something by the time I was 20, but I really didn't have the attention span for that. Get like five pages deep and bored with it and move on to something else. And um, I don't think I ever really thought of advertising as a career or really much about it, you know, to be honest. And uh, I answered an ad back in the days when, you know, um, the New York Times would have a job section. One of them was for advertising recruiter. I went to go see her and, and she's like, what do you want to do? And I said, I want, I want to be a creative. And uh, she's like, well, do you have a portfolio? And I was like, how am I going to have a portfolio? I haven't worked yet. <laughs> and she said, she gives me two pieces of paper and one was traffic and the other one was account person. I don't think I really understood what either was. I, I got lost on a way to, to Saatchi, the, Interview lasted about 10 minutes, so I'm sure it was really bad. <laughs> and then uh, I was like, well, this isn't going to work out. And I kind of went into sales. Um, 
and just didn't love the in-person, you know, I'm not a great like in-person salesman. You always feel like you're bothering somebody. So they had a department that would send anything out to your territory. So I just started making ads and getting calls, you know, back at my house. And I was like, this is fun. Um, try to figure out how to get, you know, into it, put together a portfolio and learned all, you know, the programs at the time it was like Quark and Photoshop and stuff like that. And uh, put it together and kind of got my interviewed at FCB Health. I got that and kind of started in the business that way, really. That's awesome. So at some point we'll have that joke of a uh, salesman and a farmer's son walk into a creative agency, right? <laughs> yeah. I've, so, I've, got, I've got one other random story for you as well, uh, Aaron. Yes, please do. So obviously I, 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 I sort of finished it when I'd, I'd just gone off to do my college course. So um, after I graduated, um, I teamed up with uh, my partner, Gareth Howes at the time, and we, uh, we were looking for a job and we'd been on various placements down in London, Manchester, down Birmingham, all over. And um, one of our friends tipped us off that the local rugby captain, Andy Cheatham, had just started his own advertising agency. So um, we'd both been to a really good rugby school, Thandubbury, so we thought, right, this is our opportunity. Um, so we joined the rugby club and three training sessions in, we met Andy Cheatham naked in the shower <laughs> and went, hey, mister, we're two students, we'll do anything for a job. Anything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, literally, that, that's literally got us our, our uh, foot in the door and, and everything else to uh, my first career. I love that. That would be an even better story over uh, beers. But thank you for sharing that, Tom. Um, Frank, let's rewind a little bit because, as I mentioned, uh, 21 Grams and W2O joined forces back in January. You're one of the founders of 21 Grams, along with Bob Blank and Wendy Levine and Jay Dupree. Let's talk a little bit about how 21 Grams came to be. Yeah. Well, I'd worked with, with Wendy at GSW and she was one of, you know, she was the head of account services and she was one of those people where you were like, if I could ever work with her again, I would, you know, I'd follow her wherever she goes at some point. And, you know, I got an opportunity at McCann Health and I was there and I actually tried to bring Wendy over to McCann and she had signed something at the company that she was at and they kind of blocked it. So what ended up happening was uh, there was this, this court sort of blocking Wendy from working at McCann that lasted for three months and kind of like the outcome was you can't really work in uh, in this type of advertising for a little while for Wendy so it kind of I kind of fucked up her life for a second and um, and then she would she just running in different circles had run into and and met you know Bob and Jay and I kept talking to her and she was like you know it's really fun and interesting because we'd always been from you know bigger agencies to kind of have this startup and just be curious, can you start something from the ground up? You know, is it the agency or is it the people? And um, after a while, you know, I, again, I had a really good job at McCann, uh, but I was like, you, you know, I, I felt like I wanted something bigger. You know, we were winning awards and stuff like that, but I wanted to see, you know, if you could start something and put it on the same plane as the other agencies that we know. Um, and kind of left McCann and said, you know, it's going to probably be a couple of years before you guys hear about anything that we do because it's starting a company and it's going to take a while. And, you know, it happened really, really fast. Um, and it kind of took off and uh, a lot sooner than we thought, I think. Hard to help, uh, hold good creative down, I guess, right? Uh, so, Tom, to that end, you were at a fairly well-known company called Havas Links. Uh, you took the leap yourself to become this co global chief creative officer, what, 
you know, who talked you into it and what was the, the big selling point to join 21 grams W12? Yeah. Um, I think I've, it was, yeah, it was, it was uh, I'd spent a, a good five years at Havas Links, probably the, the happiest time of my career. Um, having went on an epic journey of doing some amazing work. Um, and yeah, I just, Obviously, I just got a sort of message from from the guy saying, "Did I fancy lunch?" And I happened to be in New York on some business, so I uh, we met up and yeah, immediately clicked. It was yeah, it, it was crazy really. We just we just had the same sort of ethos on creative work and strategy and how to do the best work we can. And obviously, the more I heard about the twenty one grams philosophy and you know doing creative work that speaks to the soul, you know, it really resonated with me. Um, I've always been a big believer in you know, an insight that nobody's heard of or, or a little human truth that connects the brand or the service or advertising to things. And obviously that was their whole ethos. And um, and even, you know, their, their, their positioning or our positioning, I can say now, was that, you know, we're an advertising agency, a great one that just happens to be in health. Well, that actually is a good segue because I think one of the things that I've been so intrigued with, and Frank, I heard this from you guys more meaningfully, I guess, at our first um, sales get together, right? Which we call Ascend and you all get up on stage and told the story. And I knew about this idea of sort of being more interesting than a sneaker ad or a, you know, a potato chip ad, but that's a lot easier said than done. I was blown away myself by the, the lengths that you all go to, that we all go to, to sort of find those insights, going to patients' homes and things like that. But let's dig in a little more deeply about that philosophy and how is it that you're able to do that at such a sustainable, repeatable level? Because I think sometimes people feel like you can only be so creative, yet you all continue to sort of upset the apple cart and come up with crazy new but effective ideas for our clients. Yeah. No, well, I think it's it's hard in health because if we were working in, you know, consumer and we were selling Oreos, we would order a bunch, try them a, a million different ways, and we would understand them really well. We could experience it. And in health, we don't. We don't have the conditions. We can't take the medicine. And the best you could do is really try to spend time with people and understand them, maybe even pick up on things about them that they don't even know about themselves. And if you find that really interesting starting place, that interesting insight, um, no matter what you create off of that is going to get people more than it would have if it was really broad. So I think like in health, when you see you know, somebody has more time, so they're gardening and stuff, it's, it's kind of the broadest thought. But when you you realize like, all right, well, what does that time mean? What's that person's life like? And you really dig into it, you get to a much deeper place. Um, and then from that, you're really just trying to create work that that gets people and and sort of acknowledging, I think, at the same time that just because you make it doesn't mean they have to interact with it. Um, and you're competing with a million other different things and you have to be interesting and you have to either be entertaining or useful or just make it worth their while, you know, in some way. And that's what we try to do really with every every project. So it's a good point, Tom, because in your release that came out earlier this week, you had a quote that talked about not just competing with our clients, you know, brand competitors, but we're competing for their attention with things like Netflix and Hulu and Xbox. You seem to have embraced that concept right out of the gate. Tell us a little bit more. Again, easier said than done to, to compete with some of these amazing pieces of content that seemingly come out, you know, every hour on the day. I think simply you have to have permission to talk to your audience. 
Um, a lot of advertising just assumes they your audience wants to see it or read it or read this banner ad, which is just, is, you know, that type of work is absolute rubbish and it's disrespectful to your audience's time. What you need is you need, you need permission, but you need to you need your audience to understand that you get them. So that means you, you, you're being appropriate in the way that you're approaching them. So, you know, you, you, you're inviting them in to watch a film, but then the film is so amazing that they want to watch it. You know, there's some great work out there, you know, like uh, Corazone, for example, which was a feature length film for, a, for organ donation, where, you know, you just watch this film and you go, wow, but it was an, actually an advert. So I think, and, and again, that's back to what really um, attracted me to Frank and the 21 Grams team was, we will be creating work that is non-traditional. It'll, you know, and if somebody says, says to me, what, what's it going to be? I'll, I'll go, I, I don't really know at the moment, but I know it's going to be amazing because we're, it'll be grounded in a proper insight and we're going to go and serve it up appropriately and in a place where our audience spend time. Yeah, so I love the point about, you know, uh, gaining that permission from your clients because, or from your, your client's audience because I think pharma does have that tendency to brute force things, right? It's like, I'm going to ram this message down your throat through reach and frequency rather than actually trying to be something that's interesting and, and bringing you on board. I guess I will segue, and, and I do want to be mindful of time here, to you all have probably worked on a lot of really cool campaigns over the course of your careers. And Tom, I'll start with you. Something that stands out as like maybe that proudest moment or one where you're like, man, we really hit it out of the park on this one. Yeah, um, the campaign I'm probably most proud of and worked really well was uh, an organ donation campaign for Teva. Um, and the strategy and the connection that we found was that people were interested, particularly young people, were, were interested in becoming organ donors. But because of the way life is, they were just they'd never have time to actually sign up, even though when we looked into it, it only takes two minutes to sign up. So obviously the springboard for this campaign was called Speed Donating. Um, we basically wanted to go and ape the genre of dating films and, you know, obviously the, the, uh, the whole Tinder generation. So we, we set up this sort of this campaign that when you watched it start off, with it just looked quite fun. It was all about the mismatch of people trying to find their perfect partner. Um, you know, it was a bit of a, there was compatibility issues. You know, some people were dog people, other people were cat persons, and obviously they're awesome get on and we used a lot of humor but there was a massive rug pull at the end where you normally cut to the diary room to get the opinion about whether the people got on or not and what happened there was we actually used a real genuine ckd patient and he announced that he was literally dying to meet his match so we went from like humor to bang really hard hitting message um, we turned it into a massive social campaign the traction was amazing and I think it turned out to there's some like an amazing stat that we saved and helped over eighty thousand people just with that one campaign. So for me, that was that was like that's literally the reason why I now work in health, not consumer. So I know I can make a difference to lives with the work I do. Well, that's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. And Frank, I know you probably have to be a little more careful because something that you're proud of maybe current client work that you have to. Uh, dance around but you know whatever details you can share with us that would be great yeah no i think most most recently um yeah that project where you know it basically was supposed to be you know brochures or something educational to um you know to talk about the the psychosocial or, or emotional effects of a disease um and we ended up turning it into 
um, something of a television show. And, and really, again, understanding our audience, it was mostly kind of boys and young men. They were interested in, in YouTube and videos and stuff like that and comedy. So we ended up kind of, you know, developing a show. It was, you know, a bunch of episodes, a reunion episode, and we'll be what I think is maybe the first, you know, unbranded campaign to have a, a season two, which is kind of interesting and kind of gets back to what Tom was talking about earlier is, you know, making content that's going to be interesting or entertaining or fun for your, for your audience so they want to watch it. Yeah, I mean, and that again, that's hard enough to do when you have no fetters, and particularly, you know, a a drug company that's sort of backing it or a therapeutic area, but to actually create content that can compete with some of these other shows that are on right now is just insane to me. Tom, were you wanting to add something? You looked like you were leaning in to make. No, it just comment. just um, nodded along, going, yeah, that was an, it's an amazing piece of work, and you know, and I think the power of a great idea is you create a platform that can run and run. So rather than just doing like um, an ad lob or a key visual, which is, uh, which is obviously the, uh, the well-trodden path in uh, pharma and healthcare, it's just nice to do some, an emotional platform that you know you can let the ideas breathe and the connections happen and there's lots of storytelling that can go on within it. So I want to be respectful of time and I'm going to move into a little bit of a speed round because I do want to cover some territory, um, but I have a few more questions for you guys. The first is, you know, you're both at the top of your game. Uh, you're doing amazing work. Who do you look up to? Frank? Um, I Honestly, I think there's there are easy answers in advertising, but I think uh, stand-up comedians, like people like Dave Chappelle that can hold a room and tell a story and really kind of pull you in. Um, I think are the best storytellers or most inspiring to me as a creative person where you're just like, how do they do that? Um, so I would say, you know, that from a non-advertising standpoint is, is probably the biggest inspiration. I love it. A non-obvious, but very relevant answer. And uh, I'm a huge Dave Chappelle fan as well. Tom, how about you? So I'm, I'm going to stick within advertising. Um, and my person is going to be Sir John Hegarty who's obviously an elder statesman and absolute ambassador for creativity. He set an agency up, uh, obviously BDH, their, sheep, their logo was the black sheep, obviously going the opposite way to everybody else. They coined the phrase, when the world zig, we zag. And for me, you know, utmost respect for the guy. He's an absolute true legend. But also, I can see the parallels with what's going on with 21 grams and you know, this is kind of the future. And, and, you know, if I was going to be asked what, you know, back when I've retired, what have we stood for? I'd like to sort of say, yeah, we've, we've kind of done the similar sort of thing in the world of health. Both great choices. And you can never go wrong when you pick a knight, I've heard. <laughs> um, let's, let's do a quick one on what do you do in your free time? I know that you, you guys work hard and you work long hours, but I have a feeling that you probably are a work hard, play hard kind of team. Frank, you want to go first? I, I don't even remember what I used to do in free time anymore. I haven't. <laughs> I guess in my house, there's only so many things you could do. I mean, mostly, I, I guess, you know, sports with my kids. Um, you know, my son's a big sports fan, Yankee fan. So um, we do a lot of that, play a lot of baseball and stuff like that. But yeah, nothing too crazy. I can't even imagine that world anymore right now. Especially in COVID, I know. Tom, how about you? Yeah, my... um. My big thing's uh, cycling, so uh, I like to get out. I used to play a lot of rugby, but I, I broke myself so many times that I can't play anymore. So 
yeah, non-contact, low-impact cycling is what I, what I like to do. That's probably a safe bet. We appreciate keeping you in a safer place so that you're not in a, a cast or traction for weeks at a time. I'm quite um, good at falling off, though. That's the problem. Yeah, that is a risk, right? <laughs> so uh, two more, two quick ones. I do want to touch on the Can Lion International Festival of Creativity. By the way, I never knew that that was really the full name. You always hear Can or Can Lions. Tom, you play a pretty important role in that. Um, let's talk about that. So, so um, yeah, I mean, Can for me has been an amazing thing of like inspiration. I think in the early nineties, I was lucky enough to be there and um, was awarded one a couple of lions. But also, I can remember the first time I walked into the palais and uh, I opened the doors and I could just see the best art direction and photography laid out. I'd never seen anything like that before, and it absolutely blew blew me away. And kind of stood with me really stay you know kind of stayed with me forever so every time i go back i'm like wow i just want this inspiration again and obviously when i moved into the world of health was interesting so we went along and we we, we um we were awarded and then obviously we were lucky enough to win healthcare agency of the year so can for me is a special place and you know it is it is like the you know the um the place of creativity in the world yeah, and Frank, we'll go quickly, but I know you've won one as well and talk about what that felt like. Yeah, no, I mean, I, it's funny because I, I don't know that the best work I ever did won. You know, I'm super proud of it. And um, it was kind of, it was a great feeling kind of as as a creative, you want to have that. You know, you want to make sure that you accomplish that at some point. So you accomplish it and then immediately after you're like, all right, well, I'm starting from scratch. You know, that happened, I have to, you know, do it again or make sure that, you know, you keep up that, that level. And here's the 21 grams winning agency of the year next year, right? In 2021. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Now that we've got the inside track. <laughs> 20, so, 21. Yeah, that's right. 21 and 21. Uh, I hadn't even thought of that. That's a good one. Okay. Final question. It's the one I always love to ask. And I particularly love asking musicians or creative folks this question because I'm always fascinated by the way they answer. But you're on the proverbial deserted island. Don't worry about how you, the technology works. You can bring one album with you, ideally not a greatest hits. Which one would you bring and why? And Tom, we'll start with you. Cool. Well, obviously living in Manchester at the moment, I could um, I could have gone down the Happy Mondays or the Stone Roses route, but that'd be a bit obvious. So I've gone for the House Martins, and that's the London Nil whole four album. Um, a bit random, but um, if you listen to it, you'll see why. Um, it's got loads of uplifting songs, songs that you sing along to. It reminds you of my um, teenage years, and I actually know every single word to every song. It doesn't take itself too seriously either, which I think is important for an album like that. But also, there's a song on it called Happy Hour. And if you're on a desert island, you're going to need a happy hour, aren't you? Love that answer. And I remember the House Martins, and I think that's their first appearance on the show in whatever we're at now, 140 episodes. Frank, how about you? Yeah, I would say I have a pretty eclectic music taste. So I was kind of struggling between, you know, Wu-Tang Clan, Enter the 36 Chambers, or uh, or Ziggy Stardust, two pretty different ones. But I would say Wu-Tang, just growing up, you know, it was just what everybody was listening to at the time in my in my town and they had you know mixed movies with music and they were all characters and it was just such a interesting world other than even just the music it was just so so different and interesting to me well, I was hoping secretly for Rage Against the Machine but I'll take Wu-Tang Clan and I think that's the first appearance of that one on the show as well so 
With that, thank you both gentlemen. This is Aaron Strout, host of the What's to Know podcast, CMO uh, W2O. And uh, we've been joined by Frank Mazzola and Tom Richards, the global co-chief creative officers of 21 Grams, part of W2O. Uh, this has been a real fun exercise and a blast. And thank you guys uh, rolling through some of the technical difficulties. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Want more episodes of What to Know? We post a new episode every Thursday. Subscribe on iTunes, the podcast app, the Stitcher app, or Spotify, and view the podcast page at w2ogroup.com slash what to know.